Hey, it's the FinTech Newscast. My name's John, and with me is a guy who doesn't regret one penny he invested in FTX. Welcome, Steve. I have no regrets, John. I, I've just, I have just learnings, plural, just learnings. No, no regrets. That's right. That's right. It was just a, a costly lesson. That's all. Not a big yeah, deal. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, there's better ways to invest than uh, putting all your eggs in one basket and uh, a lot of ways to, to learn how to invest. Fortunately, we have somebody here that can uh, help us look at a different way of investing. Uh, we're looking lucky to have Manning Field, the CEO and co-founder of Follow. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, John. Thank you, Steve. Okay, so you're doing a new social investment fintech uh, for investors. Um, what's different about what you're doing versus other fintechs? Great. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, you know, the idea and the promise of social investing has actually existed for quite some time. And I think there's been many great companies that have tried to tried to solve this problem and 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 create this opportunity for people to to kind of connect over money ideas and ultimately, you know, have that translate into moves that they make with their own money. Um, and so for for us, how we're different is we're the first company in the US that's ever been able to kind of create this notion where not only do I follow someone's ideas, which we've got a, a whole platform of influencers out there that have great takes that uh, are publishers and people can subscribe to their ideas, but actually through our investment product and our investment advisor, what we can do is automatically mimic the activity that they have in their own brokerage accounts, where we create the ability to do what we call super follow. And that allows a subscriber to stay in sync with the moves uh, that uh, that that uh, influencer actually makes. And so this all happens kind of magically behind the scenes, uh, end to end in about two seconds in our technology. So if one of these influencers in their own brokerage account actually, you know, decides to to buy some meta based on the kind of the recent uh, expense moves that they've made, and you saw the stock market respond to that, what anyone who's actually super following them through our investment advisor in their own investment account, automatically, they would take that same position. Um, so we, what we've done is we've streamlined and automated the act of this social connection. And that is the the main way in which we're different. And we're doing it all through the um, the rules that the SEC has established around how to do this in a responsible way. And, and that historically has been the reason why people have not been able to do this before, because it's very, very complicated, not only technically, but also to do it through a legal and regulatory framework that actually adheres to the rules that the SEC has established. So are people signing up to be followed? Do you have to make some agreement with them? Or is this stuff that they're publishing publicly? How does, how does that work? Yeah, no, that's it's an excellent question. So so we have the best way to think about our platform, and it's a marketplace. We have a publishing company, almost like Substack inside of Follow. We have a publishing company where as a, as a publisher, or we call them leaders on our platform, what they do is they come through a process where they actually apply to be on our platform. We go out and we do background checks. We look at their social media history. We look, we actually ask them to submit 30, I'm sorry, 90 days of brokerage data. And we analyze uh, using Morningstar's kind of uh, risk analysis. We analyze their portfolios and their positions and what they actually do. Do they say what they do? Are they bona fide? Are they legitimate? As far as voices, uh, they're not financial advisors, but they're publishers. But are they, are their takes actually good takes? And would we be proud to have them on our platform? Um, so once we do that, uh, then they actually go and go through the process to actually share their brokerage information with us. And then we go create uh, our 
portfolios that represent and mimic their ideas that allows someone ultimately to super follow them. So, so we've got a process where we really try to recruit high quality takes and really diversity and investment styles and the way in which, and, and, and their perspectives, you know, we've got people that are very focused on tech, we've got people that are focused on dividends, we've got people that are focused much more conservatively um, uh, around how they think about money and how they think about the short term versus the long term. And what we really try to do is get a diversity of thought and ideas. And because ultimately the, the vision for this product that we're, that we've launched is that we believe that portfolios of the future are actually portfolios of people. And, and this idea of having kind of an, a group of my people, not only their ideas that they have as publishers, but also being able to execute through our own investment advisor against those ideas. That is the vision and, and the platform that we've built. So you filter uh, for, for quality and for consistency and for um, that they're doing what they, they say they're going to be doing. Uh, so you discourage things like a uh, meme stock or uh, kind of unfounded uh, investment uh, ideas that trying to get a, a crowd whipped up into a certain direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we want to make sure we want to avoid any bad actors. You know, we we don't we don't we don't you know for example, we don't you know support anybody that's just doing things in pink sheet stocks or you know kind of high volatility, low liquidity, low market cap stocks. Um, oh, right, right. The penny stock. Uh, we avoid all. We avoid all of that nonsense because um, we don't think that's that's in the best interest of anybody. Well, um, speaking of bad actors, Steve, you had a question, right? It, it sounds like you track what people invest in, um, but do you also track what they sell? So do you also track when they exit a position, which can be, I guess, a sign of either a pump and dump, dump scheme or something similar? Yeah, that's correct. We do. We, we get their brokerage. Uh, statements as we vet them. And then we also continuously get their brokerage statements. And then we also have access to the brokerage account that we're mimicking as well. Um, and that is real-time access. So we can actually see both, you know, all of their positions. Since you're running a, a, a platform here, sort of a, a two-sided uh, platform, I can understand sort of what you do from the customer acquisition retail investor side to acquire customers. Um, but how do you actually identify who would make a good influencer would be on the follow platform. I know that you have guidelines and sort of um, you know, they have to be good, good, good faith, good faith yeah. actors. They have to provide all, all their all, all their statements and all that. Um, but how do you actually go around and find who, you know, who who are the hottest, say, influencers out there? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. Uh, and it's a pretty simple answer for us is you need to yourself be in the community. Um, so we do, we're out there on social media, we participate in Twitter spaces and we build relationships with these folks. We've got 24 that we launched with. We've got 40 that are in some various stages of our screening process, getting ready to come out on our platform. And we've got a pipeline of about another thousand we've identified across basically the platforms we look at. We look at Discord, we look at uh, YouTube, we look at Instagram, and we look at TikTok and a little bit of Twitter, but Twitter's relatively small compared to those other platforms as far as audience reach. And you know, we're just constantly uh, trying to make sure that we've got not only the the biggest and the most powerful voices, and what we find actually is not always the biggest are the ones that are the most um, interesting and most effective. We, we we find the ones that are more community oriented. That's why we choose to participate in the community in that way, and that's how you know we're we're essentially a, a monetization platform for them. But we also want to be viewed as credential uh, credentialized within this community. And, and one of the things that's actually most attractive to the people who are on our platform, and and when we talk to when we talk to these leaders, as that's what we call them, when we talk to these leaders, the act of making 
and validating everything that they do and actually having performance and trades and moves be public to people who subscribe to them is a huge sense of validation and quality. Because right now what you can find is, is, is when you participate in the community, you can see this too. Is you, there's a lot of uh, braggadocio and, and, and essentially things that aren't true that people say. Um, and so what we're trying to we're do We're the is, number one fintech podcast in the world, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the data on that, not me. But but if you wanted to join our platform, we'd we'd, we'd go check. <laughs> What's the business model then for 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 the influencer? Um, and so you, yeah. you you mentioned that they they can basically validate what what they do and and you know um uh, approve their 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 skill in this. Um, but is there any sort of financial re reward for them as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in business together. So this is a platform, and so through our publishing company, we charge a subscription fee. And that subscription fee is a is a recurring monthly fee, and we let the we actually let the the influencer and their leader themselves set that fee because it's their business, um, and then we share revenue on that, and so they keep the you know, if they're driving the volume they keep the vast majority of that revenue, and we keep a little bit for the platform, um, and so what what's nice for them is it creates a really nice SaaS based business model, and incentivizes and aligns incentives with us and incentivizes them to keep the customer around with their content. And we help them by growing their portfolios and executing those moves by the mimics that we do. Okay, so you can follow and then uh, subscribe to. Uh, uh, so you have like a mini, very focused Substack uh, uh, model going on. Correct. Correct. And then you are uh, you're a registered RIA, which is registered investment advisor. Anyway, um, how, how long did it take you to um, get the SEC to sign off on this? And what was the major obstacle that they? Yeah. Well, brought. so so I want to be careful of the way that I describe the word sign off because I'm not going to use that word. The they completely <laughs> validate and endorse they, your product. Yeah, you're saying, uh -huh. right? yeah, I'm not saying that either. But 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 <laughs> okay, we, have, yeah. we have an effective ADV, um, which means that staff uh, approved our application. Um, but but the process with the SEC to make sure that they understood exactly what it is that we're doing because you know they've got their obligation to protect the end uh, the consumer and the, and the marketplace. And so we spent a fair amount of time, I would call it measured in in you know three to four months with staff getting clear on what our operating rules would be and how to make sure that we are consistent with the law. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of examples, uh well, especially with the the new areas like crypto where it's got regulation by enforcement, uh when it with something new. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, it, but in your case, you had a, you had a clear model of what you're doing and, um, and, and obviously they, they didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, no, they had some questions for sure. And we, we spent some time clarifying those questions and, and making sure, and, and actually the act of those questions were really helpful to us because they made it very clear on the controls and, and, uh, you know, kind of operating, uh, kind of structure that we would need to do to make this effective uh, through the eyes of the SEC. Okay, got it, got it. So you just uh, you just launched on February 7th. Yes, just, sir. Uh, just happened, congratulations. Thank you very much. How's uh, how's the early days so far? I mean, once this gets out, you'll have millions, but- uh, <laughs> yeah. To the moon, You know, um, I, that would be great. Uh, we don't have- <laughs> But uh, no, I, I think uh, eight days into this thing, we're really pleased with with how things are going. It's just a great accomplishment to the team, and much credit to the to that team that uh, that got us from basically uh, you know no product, no tech, 
at the end of last summer to uh, something that works quite beautifully. Um, and so we got that done quite quickly. And uh, I, I can say like on an operating level, on an execution level with trades, like it's happening, it's beautiful. Um, you know, all the things that you would expect to uh, to happen are happening the way that we've designed them. I mean, you know, you've got a thousand small fires that you put out when you launch one of these things. And even when you run one of these things at scale, but, uh, but, but, you know, we're really pleased with, with the feedback we're getting from customers or feedback we're getting from the influencers themselves. We're still working through all the ways in which to effectively market that with them and build those businesses with them. And that's going to be the journey over the next six to 12 months is like, optimizing that and figuring out how best to to get as many people saving and investing as possible, which is what our goal is. And you've been in the industry for a while at JP Morgan. Uh, you worked on the, the Chase uh, uh, credit card products uh, at Acorns for several years. Uh, right. did, did this idea, did you have this idea for a while and now you're able to kind of execute it the way you wanted? Or, or did this kind of, um, uh, is something you really wanted to do that you figured out and then just had to jump? To, to do it. Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. So so I you know I've been doing building products and financial services for the last twenty five years, um, a lot of it at J P Morgan Chase and a lot of them in the credit card business. And so uh, you know the thing that uh, always attracted me um, and, and and where I found kind of most of my traction in my career was like making kind of you know taking the new things and building brands. And so the, I think the biggest, the, probably the most high profile success I had at the bank was creating Chase Sapphire and, and kind of building that brand and, and helping the team build that, that overall business. That was a, was a very much of a response to how do you, um, how do you, how do you, how do you become Amex for the next generation, which I think that, that, that brand and that bank has successfully accomplished that goal. And that was, a, that was a fun thing for me to tend to take what I know about marketing and positioning and, and business and, and how to turn that into a product that actually kind of can move things. And, and, uh, you know, I, at that point in time, I became addicted. Um, I also spent some time in China um, for about four years working for the bank, but also working with the Chinese government, a local Chinese bank, building a payments payments business. So I got my my startup bug kind of uh, there. And and uh, and as I came back to the states with my family, and was looking to do something more on the innovation front, I did some loyalty and innovation work at the bank and got really exposed to fintech. And this is in the mid teens. Um, got exposed to fintech and got to know a lot of founders and. And, and companies that were doing exciting things, uh, you know, particularly like companies like Plaid and and Acorns and, and others, um, and I really got to know the founding team at Acorns, and and you know they just brought on a new CEO uh, who I had a relationship with, Noah Kerner, who's still the CEO there, and and he and I had had a long history of of building things together, and and uh, I decided to join forces with him and and move my family and make the big leap from the bank to uh, to Acorns. So I spent six years there. Um, as COO and and you know kind of operating that business, and I was also the CEO of the investment advisor and the broker dealer. So, kind of played in the regulatory side of things as well as just like building brand and and building product and scaling a business from a couple hundred thousand subscribers to over five million. Um, and uh, as as they went through that process to to kind of grow their business, and you know you kind of you know, my my journey from the day I started there was trying to work myself out of a job, and I had done that. And uh, and wanted to go do something different. And so for me, the, this idea, and I, this is a little bit of a long-winded uh, answer to your question, but the 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 genesis of the idea for me, and and I don't want to say like I came up with this social vesting idea. It's been out there for forever. There's been a bajillion companies that have tried to do it. Um, but for me, uh, what attracted to me to pursuing this was really two things. Number one, as I'm sitting there 
you know, at, at my former company, watching all of this stuff around meme stocks and crypto and you know, you just have these really strange moments where you'd see a, an app at the top of the app store that normally isn't there, like Robinhood or Coinbase. And, you know, it's these moments where culture leaks into money and and becomes a bigger part of the conversation that drives real action against people that may not be doing anything themselves. And so I got really interested in that and got really interested in kind of the rise of the influencer and the voices. And, and, I, and I really got uh, exposed to this in COVID when I was watching my kids and what they were doing on their phones. And, you know, I've got teenagers in my life and, and just like how much sway over the decisions that they make in their life that were driven by these voices. And so at first I was very dismissive of it, to be honest, you know, I'm a little bit older uh, as in the low quality, but actually, as I got to understand the things that they were saying, it's like, you know, there's actually some really good models here, but like they don't have a way in which they can amplify themselves and actually build businesses. And so, so I, I decided that that was going to be the thing that I chased. And that was, as I left Acorns, uh, that I decided to go kind of work on, on, on this, this kind of this product and this problem. And it ultimately became kind of follow. And, and what happened is also this idea was being incubated um, independently of me at, at Atomic, which who was one of kind of my investors and they were working on an early version of this idea. So we decided to join forces and more powerful together. And uh, and that's what we've been working on that led to follow. Yeah, congratulations on the uh, funding round as well. I, I don't know when 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 that happened. It looked like it was announced along with uh, that launch recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of that's pretty recent. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what were any interesting, uh, anecdotes or questions that, uh, potential investors had? Oh, well, you know, it's like, you know, it's the best time in the world to be <laughs> a B2C company, uh, in FinTech. Um, I, I listen, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the most interesting thing, I mean, I think if you're a, a seasoned FinTech investor, you've seen this idea pitched a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a new idea. It's definitely not a new idea. Like our execution against it, we think is the highest quality. And 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 because we've done the automation through our RAA um, and made it really simple, that is is the point of differentiation we have. And that's the thing that has never been done before. Um, so that is what, you know, those who have backed us and those who are interested in our idea, that's what they're most excited about is we actually figured it out on the regulatory and legal side. Um, that's what people are most excited about. I think the question that people ask and the thing that we need to prove is... Can you actually build a big business at scale with your primary source of distribution being um, these influencers? Because right now, like the B2C consumer fintech space on the customer acquisition side, it's really tough, you know, with the, the especially on the investing side, with just demand and interest in it down because of the, the market. Uh, the market's just not not where it was. You know, two yeah, years. yeah, sure. Um, but then also... You know, with the with the, the 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 privacy changes with Apple and what that's done to the direct marketing paid acquisition side of things and your more traditional social channels, the cost of acquisition is just so like so much higher than it historically has been that it's just really hard to make even the math on investment work on the paid advertising side. So so our model is different. I think there's there's uh what I hear from investors uh that are watching us and that we have relationships with is. They're very hopeful that we can figure this out because right now, if you're a, a, a B2C fintech and you're trying to raise money to go spend it in Facebook, no one's going to write that check. So it sounds like um, you're sort of building the, the consumer fintech 2.0 space, right? Which 
yeah. it, it seems like from 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 my my perspective, it's it you know it was the the first one was as you mentioned Robinhood, maybe Wealthfront, Prosper, right? All, all these sort of um, uh, platform like models. Um, what would you say is the difference between a consumer fintech 1.0 and then this new 2.0? Yeah, I, for me. What I think what everybody was that was successful and those obviously many of those businesses are remain to be very successful, which is you took a you took a market inefficiency around a segment um, or a product offering like a, a wedge, right? You took a market inefficiency that the traditional industry didn't address and you used um, used the combination of really, really sophisticated, simple UX and product design and an incredibly cheap acquisition model to build a huge ass business. Um, but but the, in my perspective is those days are over because all of that opportunity has been consumed. Um, and so now when I think about FinTech 2.0, it's actually, can you actually build a meaningful business through relationships and community? And, and that's really where we focus because it's not gonna, you know, the UX tricks and the segment tricks all of the traditional players have caught up to that and they understand how to do it and they're good at it too. They, they've mastered confetti technology. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get into trouble with the SEC around the, the digital engagement practices, but- uh, Or yeah, have, uh, early yeah. simple gamification. Yeah, get, get, listen, well, game mechanics themselves are not bad. Game mechanics trained with maybe like questionable business practices, bad. Um, and so, uh, so I think confetti, when you like reach a milestone, like I've done something I've never done before in my life, by like being able to put money away I haven't done before. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna argue that's bad. Um, but uh, but I, I think for, 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 for me, consumer uh, FinTech 2.0 is, is really about how you manage the customer and how you actually build a real relationship and how you build connection to the activities that I have and the people around me. And, and for us, our take on that, and I'm not trying to sound self-serving, but our take on that is actually through this idea and this vision in our product is like the portfolios of the future are portfolios of people. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you guys are all money people. Um, I'm sure at the Super Bowl party that you went to or maybe home at Christmas or, or Thanksgiving, like people in your life are like, hey, like, what do you do with your money? Like, what, like, what are you, what are you doing? And uh, I rubbed the two pennies together. Right. Well, well, maybe, but, 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 and usually the other part of that is once you share that information, if you do share that information, it's like, God, I wish you could just do that for me. Um, and what we're creating with follow is the ability ultimately to be able to do that for everybody. Um, and through these human connections and through this, through technology and through kind of social uh, is how can you actually enable that to get as many people doing this uh, as possible. You know, 50% of Americans still don't own stock. Um, I mean, that's like just a, such a such a crazy number and you know we believe that everyone should participate in the market in that way and they need to do it in a responsible way i think one of the other challenges that people have had particularly over the last couple of years is not that the markets have not gone the way that they went for their late teens and early 20s uh is is like well, what do i do i bought a bunch of tech stocks or i bought a bunch of crypto and you know, my portfolio, I'm like down significantly. I don't trust myself. I don't know what to do. Where do I go? And, and what we're trying to do is create a platform of voices where you can find people aligned with the things that are important to you and follow their ideas through our subscription model. And then if you want to follow their money, you can do it through our RA. Speaking of following the, the, the ideas, um, what's what's your take on, on the Congress ETF that, that was launched, I think, late last year, where you could basically mirror the, the, the trades and take the same positions that your congressperson, oh. or I guess any <laughs> congressperson. With the tagline, cash in on corruption. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, listen, I'm not going to make a political statement on that. I mean, the thing I would say, and I, listen, I know the, you know, the, the Nancy Pelosi thing has gotten a bunch of attention. Um, and I think it's, it's, I think it's a fun, interesting thing to look at, but, but the reality is, uh, and that information is publicly available. You can build a portfolio off of that, but, but, you know, because it's, you're really doing something off of timing, that data is really stale, you know? Oh, yeah, the beauty that we have, you know, this is all, you know, many, many weeks from when those positions were actually taken, if they are new positions or if they're... If, if they're oh, when they have to disclose, you mean? It's yeah, so later. it's all based on public yeah. disclosure. You know, they have to file things, you know, kind of through the, you know, th- you know th- through Congress. Or, you know, the, you'll see uh, other people also do things off of like hedge fund holdings. And, you know, that's all through public filings, you know, that are... But people done. don't like to announce their insider trading, right? In real oh, well, time. again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment. I, on I'm it. saying that, not you, <laughs> but, not you. Uh, but, uh, but, 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 you know, for us, what's important is transparency around the holdings and the timing and the automation of the moves. And again, end to end, you can do this within two seconds of any move that uh, that's made in uh, one of our brokerage accounts. So you have a compliance team, I, I assume a compliance team that's constantly monitoring uh, the, the, the people that are being super followed. Uh, the influencers to make sure they're not straying too far from what they say they're doing or monitoring for performance or any of the other, uh, I I assume your compliance officer has uh, a million uh, potential issues uh, that that he'd look for, but you you have to constantly monitor them, right? Yes. Um, And and so we monitor them in two ways Um, because they are not investment advisors. They are publishers. So, So we do not supervise them in that way. Um, and that's an important distinction to, to know. But we are very concerned and very sensitive to the things that might, that they might say that are either inappropriate or promissory or things that might violate the SEC marketing rules. And so we have rules and a code of ethics and a, and a monitoring practice that we do that. But our compliance team actually sits within our investment advisor and they're very much focused on the investment advice and all of the compliance rules there. But we do have a sense a set of rules around moderation within our publishing company because again we're not supervising or monitoring these people as investment advisors because they're not that they're publishers um but we are very sensitive not only um uh, for the things that they say but also for brand reputation for us to make sure that they're not doing anything untoward so you can go in and look at them just like uh you can look at their performance and and their history uh, before you choose to follow them, just like you would like, a, I don't know, like a mutual fund or something like that? No. So you actually have to, be, that, that data is is um, is data that comes from our investment advisor. So you actually, you need to subscribe first to actually get access to that data. Um, and that's an important piece um, to understand. And so for us, we're actually in the process of rolling out uh, a basic follow subscription um, for a small fee that you can actually see all of the data of all of the leaders and then use that to help make your decision on where you might want to uh, follow with your money. How much is the fee? It's going to be a dollar. A dollar? Oh, well, why didn't you say that from the beginning? You made it sound like it was going to be some big amount. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe uh, I'm not, uh, what is it? What is it, Manny? It's maybe I'm not being as good of a marketer as I should be then. It's a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> You should be starting with that. Lead with that. I, it's only a dollar and you can only, get all this it's amazing information, right? Well, yeah, uh, for sure. Sounds like <laughs> you, you want to join the team? 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn away these millions from the fintech newscast. No way. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, there's some information telling you like uh, what sector they specialize in, how they've been doing, how they rank uh, among others in their area, um, their risk tolerance, all that sort of information that you can use to find someone that matches your needs, right? Yeah, I mean, what we're looking for, and we we try to also not make it just about like things around their financial performance, because again, they're not investment advisors. They are publishers and they have perspectives. They have podcasts they like to listen to. They have, you know, uh, belief systems that they have around investment philosophy. They have things like what's my favorite stock or what's my first stock I ever bought. You know, so we try to dimensionalize these these, these publishers as, as content producers so that they can help make you d- decide who's aligned with with uh, what your interests are or, or, or where you want to learn. Yeah, along some dimensions, right? Yes. And, and, then, and then a part of that, you know, we also share some of the performance, the data of of our accounts that we own that mimic what they do. Oh, okay. Separate from from uh, the super followers, you have uh, investments as well. No. So so it's all tied to the super follow itself, but we can show the uh, the company account that we have that mimics their behavior, we can sh- we can show you the history and the holdings that they, that that currently those accounts have. Oh, I see, I see. So it helps dimensionalize them as 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 a as a voice and a publisher that you would want to subscribe to. Okay, so they're the very highly correlated underlying of that investment. So, like you said, you have uh, more than twenty five years experience in the industry. Um, any advice for fintechs out there that uh, or or advice to uh, investors that do you think? Well, I, I wish people knew that more. Um, gosh, I think like stay as close to the customer and the communities that you're trying to serve as possible. Um, never lose sight of that. I think every every mistake I've ever made is when I lost sight of that, and every success I've ever had is when I got as close to the customer as possible. That's uh, that is great advice. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, we really appreciate it. And thank you guys for your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's Manning Field, the CEO and co-founder of Follow. Please hit subscribe to keep up with the latest in fintech news. And thank you for listening.